for visiting 32 Kings Road, hosted by the League Ambassadors. I'm Ambassador Kenny Ken Ken, and it is my pleasure to be here today with my brothers. This is a very intimate episode <laughs> nine of 32 Kings Road Vodcast, and I say intimate because it's only four of us here, which for most podcasts, vodcasts would probably be a crowded house. Right. For us, it's very intimate. Uh, and in today's episode, we're going to continue our NFL International Series preview, uh, discussing the Los Angeles Rams and the New York Giants. I'm very excited about uh, our history discussion today, where we talk about the top three players for each of the franchises. Um, we're also going to go through some week six picks, make some fantasy recommendations, uh, a couple of public service announcements. We got a full show today. Um, this is a reminder. Please, please follow us on social media. Uh, we are uh, at the League AM, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Snapchat. Go to our YouTube channel, The League Ambassadors. Go to our website, www.theleagueam.com. Uh, let's get into the show. Junior mm. Blue. Mm. What you sipping on, sir? What I'm sipping on. As you can see, I'm rocking my Dodger Blue. Yes, yes. sir. Dodgers up 4-1 right now. Let's go, Run Dodgers. It. I got a question. Is Clayton Kershaw the Peyton Manning of Major League Baseball? Yes. <laughs> that was a simple answer. Come was, on, man. I mean, I'm a beast in the regular season, and then he gets to the playoffs and flops. I think. The, I the, think the issue is he's, and I want to. I think it was. I was talking about this with Kenyon. He is wound up. Yeah, and it's hard to unwind. He's on a daily basis when you're that wound, and you get that much pressure on you. It's, it can't make it easier to perform. I read somewhere also um, in, in reading, there was an article that came out that said if you look at his delivery compared to Madison Bumgarner's delivery, who is also a very wound up individual, but he has a very nice, easy flow, kind of like a Randy Johnson. It's not quite sidearm, but it's just the release is a lot easier. Whereas Kershaw, there's a lot herky-jerky. Yeah. There's a lot going on. Yeah. And so it's easier to channel. They were saying uh, this was from a scout, actually. It was an interview. They were interviewing a, a rival scout for the National League. And they were saying because his delivery is more herky-jerky, it it's harder to kind of channel that energy um, compared to like a Bumgarner. But also Bumgarner is out there. He lets his energy go. He's yelling. He's he's He puts everything on the forefront. Kershaw is so reserved with things, and he doesn't let it go, which is why he's so wound so he tight. He lets it get to him. Bum, yeah. yeah. Bumgarner, you know, thrives. Bumgarner is going to throw a ball at somebody. Kershaw's yeah. not going to do that. Well, let's, let me ask you this, though. So you comparing to Peyton, um, what's the sample size, though, for Kershaw? I mean, Kershaw has 76 playoff innings. His record is 3-6. and six. Mm. How much of that is his fault, though? A lot of times you guys don't hit. Nah. But no, but nah. that's... And as the when, only but uh, no, but, non-Dodger fan in but, the house. But think about it like this. Your ERA in the postseason is 4.83. And the, then... And that's then you, nobody fault but his. And exactly. That's but, not that's not the hitters. But the one thing the one thing I will say, though, is... And, it, and actually... It happened again in his last start, and 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 we'll get Devin. We're going to get to you. Figure out what you're sipping on, but I think what happens is they leave him in too long because you look at his last start. He was rolling. He had 11 strikeouts. He had one earned run. All right. He comes back out for the for the seventh, and it's a bases loaded situation. And then they pull him out. But then those runs come in, they count so that him. that inflates his ERA. But he shouldn't have come out. And how many times against the Cardinals the last two years where he every time they leave him in <laughs> yeah. they leave him in a little too long. Sometimes he campaigns, and I think that he kind of did well, it. That's he, he, he did definitely it. did it. But that's part of the problem. Kershaw is Mister. I'm gonna finish this damn game. Yeah, I'm gonna get you to the eighth, but if, or I'm gonna finish the ninth. And they they. He's one of those guys where you listen. Like when Jordan, Michael Jordan says, no, nah, I can do this, you listen. There's certain players, but now there's a body of work where you, the, the manager can say, you know what? No, nah, we're not listening. But the thing, if you listen to the broadcast, if you watch the game, listen to the broadcast, the announcers were amped that he got to face Bryce Harper. And us as fans, we're saying, 
pull him out. He's in too long. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and pull him That's out. Exactly. He's in too long. We've seen this before. I mean, exactly. <laughs> three three days rest, and right. you leave him he in again. He did his so, job. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was 90, 93 pitches, you know, and so... It, I, you know, I, instead in, of 110. In this, right. In the same way, like with Peyton Manning, I just feel like it's not always that, in my opinion, it's not always that cut and dry about them not necessarily rising up to the occasion. I think that sometimes there are mitigating circumstances. And yes, I think it's a great point that, you know, the coaches or the managers, they have to, I think in those moments, especially those big moments, they got to be able to draw the line in and send and say, hey, you've done your job. Like, uh, you know, and enough to is da- enough. to Dave Roberts' uh, credit, it's funny because he's been doing it all season. Yeah. He's been, except for that that game. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like there's a mandate. We paying this man $250 million, so let's give him his way. There's a point where you have to say, look, th- anybody else, I'm taking you out the game. So you get to come out the game too. So one group of fans to another, Devin. <laughs> what you sipping well, on, brother? Wait, did the well, Baltimore Orioles make it to the playoffs? Yes, they oh. did. <laughs> that, that that one game. That uh, one game. <laughs> post, post, <laughs> it was uh, uh, past one sixty two. So yes. It <laughs> what you <laughs> sipping on, right. Jeff? Take the calories. Yeah, um, I'm sipping on uh, my Baltimore Ravens, and I need mm-hmm. I need y'all to stay with me for for a sec here. Just <laughs> we, we gonna try in a, in a moment. So I'm sipping on the fact that every time we make a drastic change and lose to the Redskins. We win the ship. Stay with me. 2000, we benched Tony Banks because we didn't score a touchdown in an entire month in the NFL. I remember that, actually. We lost to the uh, Redskins that year. We won the ship. 2012, we fired Cam Cameron after the game we lost to the Redskins. We won the ship. 2016, we fired Omar's Mark Tressman. And we lost to the Redskins. And you won't win the chip. Wait, nope. I have a question. F- Wait, first of all, he's not Omar's Mark Tressman. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, he o- is Omar, now. Omar couldn't wait for him to get out of Chicago. The, the question to you is, and let's be honest about it, do you think you guys are going to win a championship this year? I Absolutely. <laughs> The fuck am I a fan for if I can't believe that shit? Yeah, if you so, didn't blink first, I might have believed you. But nice. you blinked, you paused, it was... Mm. Did any of y'all think we were going to win in 2012? No, I'm no. Asking, did you think no. you were going to win in, 2000, yes. in 2012? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I will say this off top. The defenses in 2000 and in 2012 are light years better uh, than the up. defense I, you have. I have to jump in there. You a, have lot a, pe- a lot of people have a misconception about our 2012 you, you got, defense. You guys are you the not num- that good. You are the number three ranked defense now, but I don't believe you, are, you, know, you guys are that good. That's you, fine. You don't have to believe that. You don't believe you guys are that good. I believe. I believe. I can fly. <laughs> Red O, what you sipping on? There's a term called death nail. And I'm sipping on death nail. It is the death of the campaign of Mr. Donald J. Trump. (laughs) (laughs) And it's it's last embers as it fights to survive. It's nothingness because it's a wrap. So are you willing? Are you willing? Are you willing to finally see that it's going to be a fifteen point plus loss now? Yes. Hey, okay. Yes. Thank you. Don't well, count him out. Well, man. here's the oh, see. He, he's Kenyon said that because he's been saying this for for you know it's going to be a blowout. But it, up until two weeks ago, it was a statistical tie. Uh, I don't think it was two weeks, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Even eight days ago, it was yeah. a tie. Like it's not like you know. It's funny because it's not like, but it is though. It's, it's not. not. It's not like, but it because Donald Trump was a walking time bomb. He's been it a was walking just, time bomb yeah, since so, he started, and right? He and we're getting, tied. and we're getting, and we're, and we're getting close to home, close to when it matters. <laughs> and, when the <laughs> when the official uh, campaign season really starts. When the campaign season really, as soon as October came, boom. And you know, I listen. I'm not one of those big conspiracy theorists, but I completely believe. That this it was all intentional for can it to, we t- can for we the talk tape about this conspiracy, for the, for, conspiracy though for the tape to come out at the point that it did to get everybody in line and say this is was not going to happen. It's can like, we talk about it, the conspiracy? What happened today? It came out that the last Wiki, WikiLeaks uh, releases that came out maybe yesterday, I believe, mm-hmm. 
the Russian uh, government-sponsored news network, news network release the, the WikiLeaks tapes mm-hmm. or the, the WikiLeaks uh, emails mm-hmm. before WikiLeaks did. Wow. <laughs> what is that? That means they, it, the conspiracy has been proved at this point. If they released it before WikiLeaks and it was supposed to be a WikiLeaks thing and not a Russian thing, but Russian, the Russian-sponsored news network released it first by accident. <laughs> or on purpose. <laughs> no, they didn't release it on purpose before WikiLeaks. It was, they didn't time it correctly. Let's <laughs> put that one. <laughs> what were they sipping? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I am sipping on, you guys already know what I'm sipping on. I'm 10 and 2. Uh, uh, this week, get it, write it down, Tennessee. They're favored to beat Cleveland. Two and what? In in my in my spread picks right here in my spread picks the Kenyan the Kenyan teasers the, the teasers yeah the teasers oh, the okay. teasers uh, Tennessee to win uh, tease that line down from seven for them to win they play Cleveland I think until further notice you have my permission to bet against Cleveland every time <laughs> uh, number two New England to beat Cincinnati by one and a half the line is eight and a half which is weird it's it's oddly low but. It's eight and a half. New England's at home. Tease that down to one and a half. New England for win. And then Buffalo. Uh, we're rooting for you, Colin Kaepernick. But the reality is <laughs> you it got a West Coast team flying to the east. Mm-hmm. You got uh, what Buffalo. Uh, Rex Ryan has got that defense rocking and rolling now. They're making the change to Colin Kaepernick. The line is only seven and a half. Tease that down to a half a point. Buffalo to win. So very easy. Tennessee to win. New England to win by one and a half. And Buffalo to win. Uh, put $100 down and thank the league ambassadors. Um, I don't think there's anything more that needs to be said other than that. Let's uh, get to our uh, league ambassadors service announcement. Um, and then we're going to jump into the history of the Los Angeles Rams and New York Giants, the week seven matchup at Twickenham Stadium. That's going to happen actually next week. Narcissism is a less extreme version of narcissistic personality disorder. Narcissism involves cockiness, selfishness, power motives, and high vanity, a very extreme love of mirrors. Narcissists tend to have overly high self-esteem and a lower view of others. Terrell Owens displayed all these traits as if he was a preening peacock constantly overshadowing his Hall of Fame-worthy play. What a shame. This message is brought to you by the League Ambassadors. Question. Um, I'm not sure, did did he not get, was he not eligible for? No, he was eligible. He was definitely eligible. So the number two wide receiver of all time was not a first ballot Hall of Famer. He was an asshole. I don't know if he's number two though. That's that's our. We could debate that. I'm, well, I think he's talking about stats wise. Rece- well, statistically, there, there are receivers. It's a backlog. A backlog of what? Receivers that need to get in. Of, uh, no, ahead no, no, of no. him. Ahead of if if Jerry Rice has twenty two thousand, and I know he's close. He doesn't. He he didn't come. He's like nineteen or twenty. I don't know. Yeah. And there's no. The next person is Randy Moss, and then the next person is Isaac Bruce. So what backlog is there? There's some receivers that haven't gotten in. They, that's how they work. It's no, a, no, no. It's not about receivers who've gotten in. Who's better I'm, than him? Tim. I mean, Tim. Tim Brown's gotten in. Chris Carter's gotten in. Who's yeah. left of the? I know what you're saying, but I don't. I don't. Who's in that quality? I think, isn't I there think a certain amount of people that they allow Isaac, each year? Yeah, it's five. It's five. Yeah. Isaac Bruce is left. Isaac Bruce needs to get in. Yeah, yeah. Um, what you call got in this year? The lesser oh. people. <laughs> The lesser people Marvin. need to wait. Oh, oh, I was waiting for you. I was waiting for you guys. weren't going to mention his name. Marvin Harrison got in. They're only yeah. The only Isaac Bruce is the only one I think left that hasn't produced the way that T.O. has, but that's next up, and he probably gets in next. The, the lesser next people need to wait. If you're the number two wide receiver of all time, you shouldn't have to wait. Who votes for the Hall of Fame? Uh, writers. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Would you say Leslie was? Asshole. Okay. <laughs> he was more than an asshole. I mean, you know. He wasn't that, a cheater, though. The man played the game. He played the game hard. Regardless of what the video said, like, he gets on my nerves. Like, he's narcissistic, <laughs> yes. But that man could catch. Oh, he definitely could. Uh, his hands could be better, but yes, he was a dog. He, he was a beast. That, he was a beast. That, you said he could catch. That, that's not there what There was only one person's hands who were better. 
Like that doesn't even make no, sense. No, 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 no I, I can don't. name several. Yeah, Herman Moore's hands are better than his. Chris Carter's. I mean, Chris but Carter. okay, he, but had big, he, he he did. He, he that was his that was his kryptonite. He had yeah. big drops, but when I say all, one person, he caught more. Yeah, he mm-hmm. he ran for more. Yeah. Like I give him his kudos. The Super Bowl, he bought out on on a broken leg. On a broken leg. And Donovan didn't show. He don't need up. kudos. He's and number Don, two running back of all eligible. I mean, number two one wide receiver of all time. He doesn't need kudos. He needs Hall of Fame. He, there's only need one that. person statistically better than him of all time. Yeah, I think he'll, I think he'll, I think he'll get it uh, in this he'll next round because he can't he can't be denied. But he just has to wait because of. I mean, if he if he, he if he rubs if he rubs the media the wrong way and they're the ones who voting, yeah, that's it's what the media does. But there's a point where the media looks like he, he'll, fools. He'll at, get at, in. They don't care. He'll get they in. They don't care. You're right. Yeah, they, they don't. don't. But just not first or second time on the ballot. So today we want to continue our NFL International Series preview, uh, talking about the Los Angeles Rams and the New York Football Giants. We begin our discussion. Discussion uh, on those two franchises by talking about uh, the one word uh, that describes each of those franchises. I believe that was episode five, maybe. Um, and now, what we want to do today is we want to talk about for each of the franchises uh, who we feel are the three most impactful players <clears throat> in 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 the said franchises. And so, we'll start with the Los Angeles Rams. And uh, it's interesting, actually, for both of these teams, because we were kind of talking about it before the show, uh, there are a lot of similarities. Um, and so, uh, Devin, I know that you have uh, Mr. Marshall Falk yeah. uh, and Merlin Olsen as, as, as two of your three, mm-hmm. uh, which is also what Les has. And so I'll let you get the ball rolling. Uh, talk to us about Mr. Merlin Olsen, the we're, Ram. We're not going to ask Kevin? <laughs> Can we show Kevin? <laughs> Kevin's not here. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we was going to show the logo at first. Ooh. What was that? Oh, wow. 4-4? Four, 4-3. Four? Four, four, three. Three. We Ooh. just got to score. Go, Death. All right, so uh, Mr. Merlin Olsen, uh, Mr. Ram. Um, yeah. He played uh, his entire career with the Rams. 15 years. 15 seasons. Um, playing D-tackle in the trenches. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe he only missed two games his entire career. Right. Which is bananas for 15 years. 15 years. As um, a D-tackle. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he gets hit on every single play. Yeah. Um, he's a 14-time Pro Bowler. Um, he only missed his last year. Um, he was a member of the most famous Fearsome Foursome. <laughs> right. There's been a few iterations, even within <laughs> the same organization. Right. Um, He's a, a first ballot Hall of Famer, and he's a college Hall of Famer as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he he was in he was in the the second uh, iteration of the uh, fierce uh, fierce as I mentioned, with a couple other Hall of Famers, um, Deacon Jones, so, so Rosie just, Greer, yeah, yeah, uh, Lamar Lundy, then Lundy. Uh, Jack Youngblood. Uh, who has the coolest name of all time? Yeah, <laughs> Jack Young. Um, so just to show his, you know, greatness as uh, to me, Mr. Ram, to be there that long, to be in two great groups, you know, it speaks volumes about his abilities. Junior yeah. Blue, what made Merlin Olsen? What made him special? What made him unique? Like uh, Dev L. Dad said. <laughs> 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 I mean, like he said, he was a 14-time pro, but miss, missing two games in 15 years. Tied I mean, that's with, with Peyton, Peyton Manning and Gonzalez, uh, the tight end, Tony Gonzalez, for 14 Pro Bowls. He made mm-hmm. the NFL's all-decade team in two different decades. Yep. In the 60s and the 70s. First team in the 60s. Um, like he said, fearsome force, foursome, Rosie Greer. I mean, he was just a he was a driving force, like he said, in two different eras of the fearsome foursome. Mm-hmm. And, I mean... There was nothing you could do to stop him. And he played every single game. You know what's more impressive to me, though? Mm-hmm. This is a man who was raised as a Mormon in Utah. And it's 2016. There's probably 10 black people in Utah. So <laughs> back then, the first black people he probably ever met was Deacon Jones. <laughs> like, and they were great friends. Yeah. You yeah. know, they were very unselfish in how they played because... Mm-hmm. Half the time it was chess with them. It was Deacon with 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 Bull Rush, and he would he adjusted to become 
a, a, a great defensive stop, I mean, a run stopper. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where he played the gap, where he at the point of attack. Right. It was they would the de- the they would adjust how the offense played them. Okay. So one would get off and eat. Then the other one would get off and eat. Right. They were having fun, but it was all about them being unselfish. Yeah. And then do that, they had to like each other. And a man who, in a time where blacks and whites didn't always get along, mm-hmm. and a man who probably have met five black people before he got to the NFL. <laughs> like, to me, that's impressive. What school mm-hmm. did Merlin Olsen go to? You say he was a college uh, Utah. Utah. Oh, Utah. Yeah. Utah not, State, I B, Not BYU? Not no, no. Okay. Okay. And, um, uh, and just, just to piggyback on what uh, Omar was saying, mm-hmm. in that group of the the first first and foremost with the the other um, with Lundy and Greer and Jones, he was voted as the best D lineman for a stretch of like four years out of them all, and another one was a Hall of Famer. So to be that consistent, and that dominant, you know what else though? People forget he adjusted when he played with Young Blood. He was a DN. Yeah, play with young blood. Like he's had two separate careers. Yeah. <laughs> like, and and he said something. Um, he said uh, the average weight of the first fearsome fearsome four was two hundred seventy five pounds. Nobody lifted weights. Mm. He was like, just imagine if we played today, yeah. and we lifted <laughs> weights, we would have been monsters. Yeah. Like they, these are cats who he he all he he, he used to um, lift bales of hay as a farm boy. Yeah, that was it. Like these are naturally that naturally strong, yeah, country yeah. strong, yeah. <laughs> yeah. country strong. And he was no less than at least second, uh, uh, all well, second team All Pro for um, thirteen of his fifteen years. Mm-hmm. In a in a in a time when the game was a hundred percent more violent than it is now, yeah. yeah. And he only missed two games. Yeah, and he also capitalized on his uh, stint in Hollywood. (laughs) (laughs) Little House on the Prairie. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, he made a whole career out of that. Uh, Commentating for NBC. He was also a pitch man. He he had his own (laughs) show, too. I I think it was like Father Reverend or something like that. It uh, it only lasted for like eight episodes. (laughs) (laughs) There were a few few of those Ram Ram guys that... Deacon Jones? Yeah, that made their... They had a career after football. Fred Dreyer. Yeah, Fred Dreyer. He played on the L.A. Lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Junior Blue, I know you and Devin also both had Marshall Falk. Talk about talk a little bit about Mr. Falk. Mr. Falk, he he was the greatest show on turf. He drove that squad. Mm-hmm. I mean, they went they went to two Super Bowls. Should have won two, <laughs> but yeah. somebody was taping practice. Uh, <laughs> so you know, if, if was a skiff, we'd be boat riding in Hawaii with six Polynesian chicks. They didn't win. I didn't say if. (laughs) (laughs) Shoulda, woulda, coulda, if, same thing. But uh, he was a two-time league MVP with the Rams. Three times offensive player of the year. Um, He In his career, he had over 12,000 yards. He had over 6,800 receiving yards. I mean, he was a dual threat from the beginning. Yes. Um, He recently made the Hall of Fame in 2011. Mm Mm-hmm. I have a story. I went to his first college game, mm. San Diego State. Right. He rushed for over 300 yards. Uh-huh. I said, he's he's destined for the Hall of Fame right there. <laughs> he was the fastest running back I had ever seen. Yeah. So. I have a different story. I don't think I can tell. No, you uh-uh. can't. You can't tell uh-uh. that story. Who's, uh, uh, which is the better runner, though? Marshall in Indianapolis or Marshall in St. Louis? Not the better running back, but just pure runner, pure running. Because as a, you know, it was almost like his game morphed when he went to when he when he went to St. Louis uh, and got with you know got with Kurt Warner. Dick Vermeil got there. That's where he you know was flexed out more. He was kind of like how Le'Veon Bell is today. Right. But just as a sure enough runner, like you talked about at San Diego State, he ran for three hundred yards. Which was the better rusher? Well, you, you got to give him credit for playing with that trash team in Indy. <laughs> and Matt, I mean, he still made Pro Bowls right. there. I mean, he was there with the first year for Peyton. Yeah, he was. Yeah. First year. But other than that, like, he was it. And he was still getting the, the problem When you play with trash teams, that takes years off your, your life. <laughs> it did. <laughs> so, yeah. like, if he would have played with a great team, with a great O-line early on, he might still be playing. Like, yeah. he was that good. Yeah. yeah, he's. I mean, he's their third time, uh, third all time leading rusher for the Rams. I mean, because right. his career is pretty evenly split almost yeah. seven years and yep. five years. So yep. he had he just under seven thousand yards. Mm-hmm. Um, he's eleventh on the all time rushing list, which uh, let's say with twelve plus uh, thousand yards. Um, and where the, is he on uh, running backs who catch the ball? 
Um, like all purpose yards. All purpose yards. He has nineteen thousand all purpose yards. I don't know where he ends Not, up on that. I mean, list. you know, just like receiving. Yeah, receiving yards for for running backs. That's what I want. I don't know all time list, but let me let me read some some stats to you real okay. quick because this shit <laughs> is bananas. So I'm gonna read these off and just tell me if this sounds like a running back. In ninety nine, eighty seven receptions, one thousand forty eight yards, five TDs. 2,081 catches, 830 yards, eight touchdowns Jesus in 14 Christ. games. In 01, 83 receptions, 765, uh, nine touchdowns, 14 games. Some receivers today wish they can get those numbers. It's yeah. funny because I used to always say, like, you know, Walter Payton was the first Marshall Falk. But I think the most receiving yards Walter Payton ever had was 600 yards. Yeah. But like back that. then, that was, like, that was amazing. Yeah, was you know, it was like, but then he has wide receiver yards. Yeah. yeah. He he had four straight years of 2,000 yards from scrimmage. That's yeah, insane. Special. Three is, of those with the Rams. Which is bananas. He won me a couple fantasy football titles. <laughs> As he should, if you can get Marshall. <laughs> is he top five running back of all time? Uh, no. That's rough. That, that's, that's a... T- no. That's a no. Walter, no, he's okay, not. Okay, we got, we got Walter, Emmitt, Barry. Barry. That's three. Eric Dickerson. Uh, Jim Brown. Jim Brown. Jim Brown. I don't know about... Jim Brown, Okay. I'll give you that. I'm I'm watching for a lot. Eric Dickerson. We could talk about that, and that's yeah. Devin's third one. Devin, we'll, we'll get well, I mean, to that. He's he's one of the most complete backs of all time. We talk about his receiving. I I'm mean, wait, he's, I, is there a the fifth f- one though? I'm I'm saying it's only two only two running backs that have ever gone a thousand a thousand rushing and receiving, and he's were, one of them. All right, he another one's Roger Craig, five. and the other one's Roger Craig. Who's n- I, I'm saying, I, and the thing is, is he doesn't Curtis get, Martin. He, no, <laughs> <laughs> he hey, doesn't. Curtis if is anything, up there I would say LT. Where's LT rank? Over yep. Curtis Martin is what I'm saying. Like, well, uh, actually, Curtis has more yards than both, both of them. Of them yeah. Curtis is like fourth or something like yeah. that. Jesus. Um, and it wasn't like, oh, he was a compiler. He played the same amount of years as some of those cats. And Marshall compared to LT, because that's an interesting that's a, that's an interesting call out. But I would take Marshall over LT. Marshall has won. He's a, he's a Super Bowl champion. I'm just saying, Marshall doesn't get a lot of the credit because they just people focus greatest on show on turf. Was the greatest. Stacked, though. They focus they focus on the greatest show on turf, right? And it's like. You go, okay, Jim Brown, Barry Sanders, Emmett Smith, um, Walter Payton, and then it's like, okay, but guess who's fifth on that list? Like there is a clear top tier. But I mean, there's a strong argument, I think, for Marshall to be in that top five. Yeah. It it's it's something to be discussed. You've there's, already there's changed a- my mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's Marshall. Uh yeah. you had Eric Dickerson as your I, third I, one. I did have E D. Yeah. Um he is the Rams. Mr. Stand up straight. Oh, straight up and down. <laughs> With the jerry curl and the goggles. Mr. Um, SMU. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's a whole uh, show right there from my SMU days. <laughs> he was driving Cadillac. Yeah. <laughs> Grandma, we ain't got to work no more. <laughs> yeah. Get the activator ready. Um, so glow. He, he's the Rams' second all-time leading rusher. Okay. Um, in just five seasons. Wow. Um, Which is bananas. 7,200 yards. He's the seventh on the all-time rushing list um, with 13,000. He holds the rookie rushing record, 1,800 yards. He was second in TDs that year. He had 18. Yeah. Only Riggins had more, and Riggins had 24. He was rolling. Yeah. Um, The next year, he breaks OJ's record, which is people give OJ shit, but to have 2,000 yards and – 12, 14 games is ridiculous, but 2,105 yards. Did and he count the Bronco yards? No. Wow. Now, to put that, that year in perspective, when he, when he broke the rushing record, the next closest man was 421 yards short with two, and uh, Dickerson had two less carries. It was Walter Payton. Wow. That's bananas. He was getting 5.6 yards a carry. And everyone knew he was getting the ball. Standing straight up. And it didn't matter. <laughs> Running had, right behind Jackie Slater. Yeah. And he had 14, uh, 14 touchdowns that year. He led the league in rushing three out of his uh out of the four whole years with the um with the uh with the Rams. You know, Ezekiel had been talking shit to him about he's talking about he's coming for that rookie record. And the mm. his his statement was was beautiful. He said the the reason why it's gonna stand is because you can only be rookie one year. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now you got now, shots to take the, the the other records. You can't rookie. You got to do it the first you year. Do it the first year, and that's it. Now people take a lot of shots at Ed because of his attitude. He was a diva. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to put some of the stuff in, in perspective, uh, his first five years in the league, he had 
8,200 yards first five years. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an average of 1651 a year. I mean, his, his first five years is probably unrivaled. Um, I didn't have enough time to do all the research on every single great back in their first five years, but I did do some on their first two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marshall, his first two years, 2,200 yards. Mm-hmm. OJ, first two years, just under 1,200 yards. Mm-hmm. Jim Brown, first two years. OJ was splitting carries, though. Tw- he was splitting carries. That's all right. 2,400 yep. yards. Yep. Emmitt Smith, 2,400. Mm-hmm. Barry, 2,700. Walter Payton, 2,000. Mm-hmm. Eric Dickerson, 4,000. Yeah. <laughs> he was a man. Eric Dickerson was nice. And Straight up. The Pony Express was real. <laughs> the Pony Express was 4, real. 4,000 yards. Who's your third guy, Junior Blue? We had Deacon Jones. Okay. The sack master. I had Deacon Jones as well. I believe Omar had him as well. Talk yeah. talk about Deacon. I mean, you had he was a ran for eleven years, eight time Pro Bowler, eight time All Pro. They didn't keep stack sack numbers, right? At his time, but unofficially, he had one hundred and seventy nine and a half sacks. He's actually responsible for the term. Yeah. Exactly, response. He's the one that came up with sacking the quarterback. Yeah, he averaged fourteen point five sacks a season for his whole career. Yeah. His whole career. I mean, he was a dominant force. He was there with Merlin Osom in the fearsome foursome. Yeah. Um, like I said, eleven years with the Rams. I mean, I mean, he was he was the man there. Eight time Pro Bowler, eight time All One of Pro. The best football names ever. <laughs> Deacon Jones. <laughs> he was the first. Um, he was really he brought speed to the defensive end position. Yeah. And- Slapping and, <laughs> and the head clubbing. slap, the head slap, which clubbing. they, which they, yeah, they call it clubbing, he which, said which they, they outlawed. That was the last year he played football. Yeah, he said they outlawed it. I'm out. Yeah, <laughs> he had, he would he he get the he get the step on you with the edge, and then if once you came in for there, because he wasn't necessarily the biggest dude, mm. but he was fast, and he'd come in with the club with the head slap. Because he said. If you slap somebody, regardless of who they are, they're going to blink. And I, I was faster than everybody. So that gave me an extra step. Like, he, he knew how stupid it was. Him and Olsen, that's all they did was slap people in the head. Like, so, and they were on the same team. And they were on the same yeah. team. Just slapping food. Yeah. Like, can you imagine that happening in the yeah. league now? Like, yeah. Uh, continuing the thing with you, what you talked about, Devin, with, with some of the guys that you liked, a lot of these Rams, particularly from the 70s, and it's amazing. No Super Bowls came no, out of these. Wins. But these, no playoff wins. But, you know. And a lot of losing seasons. But they, <laughs> but they, uh, the, this, this theme of consistency. Uh, Deacon Jones, uh, he only missed six games out of 196 regular season games. You know, like these guys, they played every down, every game. Uh, and that defense was legit, and there was there was nothing there. Um, Omar, you wait, hold on. Can I say this? Say this about Deacon? Yep. Because this is one of my favorite things that I found out about him. He said, "Society is lucky that I had football to release my anger and aggression." Oh, wow. <laughs> because when oh, he wow. he said it started when he was fourteen, and it goes back to where he was raised. And he said there was he witnessed uh, an elderly church black woman. Coming walking from church and a car full of white teenagers drove by laughing and threw a watermelon at her. She mm. died from mm. her injuries. And he said, I was lucky because other people wanted to, they, they succumbed to their anger. Mm. He said, I had anger in my heart. He challenged it. And football allowed that anger to be released. Wow. He took that. He said that was the reason why I was great was because that anger, I had a release valve for my anger. Like, he knew why he was great. Wow. That's interesting. What's your third? What was your, th- your third? Because you had Merlin Olsen, Omar. You had Deacon Jones. Who's your third uh, greatest Ram? The number four wide receiver of all time, Isaac Bruce. Mm. Four-time Pro Bowler. One-time Super Bowl champion. Mm. Less. Should have been two. (laughs) (laughs) Say it. (laughs) Say it. Say it with your chest. I mean, he is literally only behind the GOAT, Jerry Rice, the asshole, Terrell Owens, and Randy Moss. He Mm -hmm. was, he was, that was Jerry Rice's comp. 
Mm-hmm. That was his comp. Was and Isaac that Bruce. is that is the reason why people don't talk about to, him. Shout out to Henry Ellert, though. Oh yeah, we yeah, talk yeah, yeah. about Isaac Bruce a lot, and, mm-hmm. and and keep going. But Henry Ellert before it was Isaac Bruce, it was Henry Ellert. But go, but talk keep going about Isaac that, Bruce. I mean, it, it's not his fault that he played in the same era as the goat. Yeah, I mean, okay, so he had eight one thousand yard seasons, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, if you think about it, as a wide receiver, that's bananas. Yeah. When you have football careers that don't last half as long. Yeah, so. His best year, he I believe he had um, seventeen hundred and eighty-one yards. That's nobody knew because that <laughs> same year Jerry Rice had eighteen hundred and forty-eight <laughs> yards. Like it was, he was all world, but there was just somebody yeah. just a little bit better. And don't just, and, and don't get it twisted, he was rolling before the greatest show yeah, on turf. Yeah. Like he was, yep. yeah, that was the, when, the, the tail he, end of his career. He yeah. had. Eight one thousand yards. Yeah, 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 yeah. you know so, that was before that. Yeah, he, he was con- the model of consistency, and that's why I always talk about greatness. People who you can't be great for three years. You, if you want to be considered to be one of the greats of all time, you have to be consistently great. Longevity for years. He succumbed to the Jordan rules, like the Barclays, the Ewings, the right. Malones. <laughs> yeah. yeah, people who were great, they just was one person better. Yeah. yeah, any other time he would be considered one of the greatest of all time. I mean, mm-hmm. he's still one of the greatest of all time, but nobody talks nobody about talks him. About him. He's at least talked terms. about a, a those, a those that top five receivers. Yeah. But he also was a quiet wide receiver too. Yeah, yeah he, he was. didn't he didn't make a lot of noise, not a lot of dancing, not a diva. Yeah, he and, just went about his business. And when they got to the greatest <laughs> show on turf, Tory Holt got a lot of the pub because mm-hmm. he was louder. Who yeah, caught the exactly. game winning touchdown in the Super Bowl? Isaac Bruce. Mr. Mm-hmm. Bruce did though. Mm-hmm. Blaine Bishop uh, got hurt. You know. <laughs> uh, before we before we shoot to the Giants, I'd be remiss if we didn't if we didn't touch on Jack Youngblood and Jackie Slater, who were the other two. I had Deacon Jones, and then I had Youngblood and Slater. Jack Youngblood. Uh, what I'll say about him is, and and what he's most known for, he, second best name. He's a tough, yeah, he's <laughs> a tough son of a bitch. Uh, he played the entire, I believe it was the '79 playoffs with a broken leg, broken fibula, um, 201 consecutive games. Mm-hmm. Um, underrated, oh, was only two hundred and forty pounds, mm-hmm. but this guy was Jesus. tough. He he uh, he came in as a rookie, backed up Deacon Jones, and then when they traded Deacon Jones, he stepped in uh, in that end tackle position, and um, and he was a monster. Um, and then Jackie Slater, Hall mm-hmm. of Famer, both of these guys Hall of Famers, and like I, like I was saying earlier, the thing that really stands out about a lot of these classic Ram players mm-hmm. is that they played. They were lunch pail guys. Yeah. They didn't miss a lot of games. Jackie Slater, 259 games, which until Bruce Matthews broke it in 99, was the yeah. most games for an offensive lineman. 20-year, entire 20-year career with the Rams. Same thing with uh, same thing with Jack Youngblood. Same thing with Merlin Olsen. Like, guys that stayed with one organization, and, and, and that's really what makes you legendary in the franchise is when you're able to put in that time, as you said, Omar, over a consistent period, and that's what establishes the I'm greatness. I'm surprised, though. We've been talking about the Rams for 15, 16 minutes, uh-huh. and Sham is not coming. <laughs> <laughs> it's because we're talking about their most important players. Yeah. Not one word. Which go well? Which go well? And which goes to show you that you need all eleven players, all twenty-two players, all fifty-three players to make a great team. Because these are some great. You could put a hell of a team together right. if you add them all. If together. you added all the Rams together, but you to could, bring it back to Isaac Bruce, the Sham word. The, the one knock against him was he didn't get into the end zone a lot. He yeah. didn't. He had multiple seasons where he had three touchdowns, two touchdowns, one touchdown, eight touchdowns, and then it goes back to six. Like, he didn't get into the end zone. He had a gang of yards, but he didn't score a lot. And I think some t- I think that may have contributed to people not talking about him as much because of the touchdowns. Because of the touchdowns. Says something. The receptions and the, the receptions <laughs> and the yards were there. Sham. But not Who was his quarterback <laughs> before Kurt? Uh, Jim, Jim Everett. Everett. <laughs> Speaking of cocaine. <laughs> we're going to move, move on to the New York football giants. Uh, and and it, w- it was funny. We were, somebody said beforehand when we were talking that if Lawrence Taylor was not in anyone, if it not, was not in your top three, you no longer need to do this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't need to spend a lot of time on Mr. Taylor. Uh, but I'll just I'll start it with the story from Carl Banks, which I think is a great story. And he talks about the time they were Bill Belichick was going over the defense. Uh, and, you know, 
LT was known for his partying, and he was like, this must have been one of those late Thursday nights because they had a Friday morning meeting going over film for defense for the Washington Redskins. And LT comes in and uh, comes in a little late. He has his shades on, and he said he just folds himself under the desk. And so after about four or five minutes of, of going through film, the lights come up, and uh, LT comes from up under the desk, and, and, and he's like, Coach, can I ask you a question? This is Bill Belichick, mm-hmm. the coach of the Patriots. Let me ask you a question. Uh, why do we need to watch this film to, 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 to learn about what we need to do with the Redskins? And Belichick said, he started cursing him out and said, You're, you haven't been paying attention. You've been asleep the whole time. You came in late. And Lawrence said, let me make you a deal. If I can tell you what the defensive game plan is for the Redskins, will you let me go? But first. And Belichick said, and, and Belichick said, sure. So they turned on, he said he turned on the film. He said, and after watching two plays, two Redskin plays, Lawrence got up there, diagrammed the defense, five or six different uh, options, diagrammed all of them, everyone's assignments, and said, can I leave now? <laughs> and he said, he and, wa- and walked right out the door. There yeah. was a plate of uh, Coke waiting for him. <laughs> he had that beautiful mind off yeah. that cocaine. Yeah. Man, <laughs> I've been sniffing the whole time. <laughs> like, like, this is a guy, like, you know, everyone yeah. talks about his brute force and exactly. how aggressive and, and his ferocity, mm-hmm. but he had a mind like none other. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of times... It, in society, period, people with minds who are, what's the word I'm looking for when you are um, a savant? Yeah. A lot of times yeah. you have demons. Yeah. He, had his, he, had his, yeah. he got a couple Beautiful of them for mine. Yeah, he had demons. But he was also, he had demons, but he was also an NFL MVP yeah. right. from the defensive side. From the tackle. defensive side. Yeah. From the day he got drafted. Yeah. yeah. So let, let me read a quote from uh, John Madden. Okay. Right. Lawrence Taylor defensively has uh, had as big an impact as any player I've ever seen. He changed the way defense is played, the way pass rushing is played, the way linebackers play, and the way offensive uh, offenses block linebackers. He completely changed everything. Yeah. Um, in the 70s and the 80s, uh, blitzing linebackers were picked up by running backs. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bill Walsh in 82, the playoffs started using offensive guards to block Taylor because there was no running back blocking him. no running back team. blocking him. And then everybody copied that. Um, and then that left a big hole uh, in pass protection because the middle linebacker could now blitz. And Mr. Harry Carson that. is is, exactly. one, is one of the greatest <laughs> New York Giants. Why? Because of that. <laughs> so when that didn't work, they started using tackles. And now that's what we see. Tackles are blocking right. the outside pass rusher. Right. I mean, completely changed. He completely changed the game. He completely changed the Giants the day he got drafted because they went from, I think it was 600 yards mm. to 300 yards. They were giving uh, up. Oh, giving up. Yeah, 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 yeah. it cut it in half in the, just by his presence alone. Yeah. Like, that's amazing. Never been seen before. Lesson, Devin, I'm really excited about uh, you guys because you guys, it, it, it's like you guys are brothers. I guess so. uh, <laughs> You have literally the same three players. Everybody had LT, but then there's one player in particular uh, started off Devin uh, that you guys share that it was really I mean I didn't I hadn't I didn't know about this guy. You talking about Mr. Tunnel? Mr. Tunnel. Emlyn Tunnel. Emlyn Tunnel. Emlyn Tunnel is the first black player to play for the Giants. Period. Okay. He is the first black player 1948 into the NFL Hall of Fame. First ballot. Mm. 1967. Um, not only is he the Giants all-time leading uh, interceptor leader with 74. He's second all time with seventy nine, period, in the history. Was he a corner? Or was he safety? DB. He was a DB. He played. He played everywhere. Uh-huh. Um, considering the era that he played in, less to have seventy nine interceptions when the run dominated, and they'd hardly passed, is impressive. I mean, yeah. I, I still I mean, don't know how he has know about one him. stat that's bananas. One that is. There was a season, I'm not sure if it was 51 or 52, where he had more interception and kickoff punt return yards than a leading rusher in the league. Wow. It was 52. Wow. <laughs> I mean, he he had set a total of 79. And in that era, like you said, it was a lot of running. Yeah. Um, they played a defense. It was an umbrella defense where they had – Five DBs. Whiteboard. 
now yeah, we, need, now we need a coach. Now it's a well, well, well I, because it's umbrella, but it's the cloud defense. Yeah, it's a cloud defense. It's a cloud yeah. defense. But the way they used him is almost he was he played cornerback, but they used him almost like a safety, like an Earl Thomas type. Okay, he played all over the field. He didn't stay to one side. Mm-hmm. He was basically the top of that umbrella if he wasn't man up on somebody. That's how he ranged from sideline to sideline. Ended up with seventy nine interceptions. Wow. Um, and no one ever talks about him. Never. I didn't know about him. I never. I didn't know. I mean, no one I talks mean, about the first black person into the hall. Of exactly. Fame. How yeah. how how do first how, black person in the biggest market ever? Six picks a year. For I might have to go. Years. I might have to go get a jersey. Right. Yeah. Six <laughs> picks a year. I didn't know who he was until we started doing research. Thirteen on him. years. That's insane. When you yeah. when you think about that, when people yeah. lead the league now with like eight. Yeah. And he had six a year when he passed ten times a game. That mean. That shit was getting picked <laughs> for real. They were I throwing mean, to him. That's like he had Revis Island before there was a Revis Island, and they only played twelve games. Yeah. yeah. So he was getting to pick every other game, and he, like you mentioned, when he led, he had more uh, combined yards that year, fifty-two. Yeah. He's their second all-time punt returner with mm-hmm. two uh, twenty-two hundred yards, mm-hmm. just just behind uh, Towson State's very own Dave Meggett. Go, um, Towson State. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. Um, so I mean, like he. How do we not know about him? Like he, he's yeah. like lost in the annals of history, and yeah. and won two NFL championships. Yeah. So I mean, he even has that stamp. NFL All Decade Team in the fifties. Yep. Nine Pro Bowls, eight times All Pro, and we never heard of him. If you are a defensive player and you have more yards than the leading, the league leading <laughs> running back, <laughs> which again to tie tie it back to what Devin said during an era when they ran right. the ball a lot. Yeah. That's a. It's really amazing. It's amazing. That's amazing. He was a teammate of, I believe, your third, uh, your third person, uh, Devin, for the New York Giants, and he was one of my top three, and that's Mr. Frank Gifford. Yeah, Frank Gifford, uh, uh, NFL MVP in 1956. Um, he's another one of those passing, running. He played. He went both ways: offense, defense, passing, running, uh, kick returns, DB. Um, 92 total touchdowns. Yeah. Eight-time Pro Bowler. Yeah. I mean, he's got to be one of the few players that have um, – he made the Pro Bowl in three different positions. Three yeah. different positions. DB, yep. running back, and wide receiver. Yeah. I he's mean, also a great Monday Night Football announcer. Yeah, that's actually That's actually how I met him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. We're not as old as Omar, we so you wouldn't that. remember when he was playing. <laughs> Sigh. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, uh, fuck the, the, you, fuck you. <laughs> I mean, the the thing that impressed me uh, about uh, Frank, amongst a few things, I mean, he started out as a running back, and although he's only the eighth on the list uh, of all time rushes for the Giants, he's number two all time as a receiver, and he switched. Yeah. At the end of his career. Yeah. Um, After an injury. Yeah. A, a big inj- injury yeah. that um kind of uh, resonates today. I mean, he was knocked out cold. Um, by the Eagles' great Chuck Bednarik, and he was out for 18 months out of the game. The OG Chuck Cecil, Chuck, Be- yeah. Chuck Bednarik. <laughs> That's the OG Chuck and Cecil. And when, when he died, they, his autopsy, uh, his brain showed um, signs yeah. of uh, CTE. CTE. Yeah, So Who was your, uh, uh, Junior Blue, who was your third guy? Oh, your third guy was Strahan, which yeah. is Omar, yeah. who you had, Michael Strahan. Yeah. Ironically, <laughs> after his career, he replaced... Uh, what's his name? Uh, Kathy Lee's partner. Frank Gifford. Gifford. Frank Gifford's wife. <laughs> <laughs> right? Kathy Lee Gifford. And, and uh, what's his name? What's his name? Uh, Regis. Regis. On, on Six degrees of separation. I see where you On the talk with. show. But, um, you know. Because uh, uh, I was lost. Hey, was lost for real. His I mouth was, was wide open. That shows you my age. So where are you going, Omar? He doesn't know who Regis is. He went to the morning, he went to the morning <laughs> talk show. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they both played for the Giants. Yeah. But, you know, Michael Strahan, 141.5 sacks. Yeah. Which is, ironically, unofficially, um, Lawrence Taylor... He has a half a sack more. Half a sack. Yeah. Unofficially. Unofficially. Because they didn't count sacks. Yeah, he had nine and a half his rookie season. And the, the next year, the they, ne- started they started sacks. counting sacks. But officially, Michael Strahan is the giant sack leader. Yeah. Um, but he has the all-time record of 22.5 sacks. Right, in a season. Mm. Which we're going we're gonna <laughs> to give it a star. Right. It's an asterisk. asterisk Brett Favre was generous. Brett Favre. Yeah. This is his buddy. 
I mean, it yeah. was so. It's your team, though, right? He's a. <laughs> He's the defensive player. Oh, we haven't forgot. He's the defensive, he's the defensive player of the year for 2001 and also 2013, uh, Mr. I'm not Strahan was. Yeah. You got anything for Mr. Strahan, Les? You know what? I just, I actually didn't have him in my top three. It was mine just was, me. Yeah. Oh, was really? One. Oh, okay. It was Gifford. Who was your third one? Mine oh, you guys L- are the same as Gifford. Yeah, LT okay. Gifford. I'll say one thing about Strahan. Again, it goes back to longevity. When people thought his career was over, he rededicated himself and he lost 30 pounds. Yeah, he did. He did. So he could have that speed that he used to have yeah. off the edge. Like, That's a great point. He was also rejuvenated by Jean-Pierre Paul, right. uh, Matthias Kiwanuka, O.C. Yuminura. Tuck, Tucker. Yeah. Or Tuck, yeah, yeah. Tuck. Justin Tuck. Justin Tuck. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys rejuvenated him as well. All right. That's well, um, I think, yeah, I, th- I think we did a good job of covering them. I don't, I don't, I, I had, I think we were all in the same ballpark with, you know, between Tunnel, uh, LT, obviously, Strahan, and Gifford. Yeah, I, think I, I have one more thing to mention about Gifford. Yeah. Um, he... Uh, Devin has a man crush on Frank Gifford. <laughs> Fuck. They probably, <laughs> probably had the same haircut. <laughs> hey, it's, it's not a toupee. I'm growing my hair out so I know I don't go bald. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I talk about it. I'm a grown ass man. I'm not going to Beijing, though. Oh my God. <laughs> Why are you Shit. talking about people, though? <laughs> I'm just saying. Go, Jeff. Uh, so, oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> we need to whiteboard Beijing. He though. has. Yeah, Frank- we should actually to cover yeah. ourselves. <laughs> please whiteboard Beijing. Oh, okay, I'll get to that in a minute. So, he, uh, as a non quarterback, his um, he has the most. Uh, TD's thrown by a non-quarterback 14 yeah. is actually tied with the most interceptions by your favorite player of all time with six Walter Payton WP uh-huh. interesting whatever <laughs> <laughs> alright well let's get to our league service announcement so we can get to our week six picks uh, and fantasy recommendations the goat a hardy domesticated ruminant animal that has backward curving horns and a beard it is kept for its milk and is known for its frisky behavior. In its acronym form, GOAT stands for Greatest of All Time, a fitting term for the NFL's most accomplished player, Jerry. Freaking. Rice. That's it. That's all. Enough said. Drops. The. Mike. This message is brought to you by the League Ambassadors. The G-O-A-T. Greatest of all time. Best football player I've ever seen. Is there any other position where you can say definitively he is the GOAT? In football? In football. Definitively? No. No. I mean, no, that, no other position. to me, that tells me you're a greatest argue, football player. We yeah. already argue yeah. running backs. We can yeah. always argue quarterbacks. Yeah. Everything else is debatable. Yep. Yeah. It is I mean, without question. I think he's the greatest football player of all time that's right. what i yeah, yeah. that's I, that that and that and that's one of my arguments actually is that right there he is clearly the deity for his position in football and you can't say that about any other position like everything else is up for he's the god mc yeah it's awesome all right week six picks uh <laughs> please go to our website www.theleagueam.com where you can see uh, how we're doing this season, I believe uh, Les Jr. Blue is, is leading the pack. I think right he's got now. 44 wins. Uh, we won't talk about who's bringing up the rear. No. Uh, we'll just show you in a little bit. Uh, the first game we want to talk about, keeping <laughs> with our theme of the Rams and the Giants. First of all, we've got the uh, Los Angeles Rams at 3-2 and two, uh, going against the Detroit Lions. They're at 2-3. and three. Um, This is a game where uh, in Ezekiel Ansah, he returned to practice this week. Um, and we've got the Lions coming off of a, a, a win last week, beating the Eagles. The Rams took an L at home to the Bills. Uh, everyone here took the Lions except for less. You got the Rams winning on the road, brother? You know, they lost last week, and um, I feel like they're going to show up this week. I'm not a big fan of Case Keenum, but I feel like the defense should shut the Lions down. Or are you just trying to get a leg up on the standings? Yeah. I'm already in the lead. Leg up. I need to keep doing what I'm doing. All it takes is one week. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Not not for you. I mean, shit. 
<laughs> Joe was Joe was uh, next to last one week and then had a twelve and four week, didn't he? I do fit well. Yeah, we, we, we won't talk. We won't talk about that. <laughs> I do. I do feel like it, it is going to be a Todd Gurley game. Todd Gurley. I mean, if you look at the Rams' early season schedule, they've had some tough run defenses. I think this is a game where Todd Gurley can get off. Um, me personally, I like the short pass of Matthew Stafford to really soften up that Rams interior. They won't be able to run, but they're not interested in running anyway. Uh, Theo Reddick is their best running back, and he's basically a pass catcher. I like a lot of those short dump-off passes to soften up the the pass rush. I think Theo Reddick has a big game. I I like the Lions to win, though. I just, I mean, they're at home. I I know I talked all that shit last week about us missing on the Rams, but... They lost at home last week. Right. They're going on the road. Right. Young quarterback with not much experience. They can't generate any points. They cannot score. And I just want to continue that that losing streak we got against the Rams. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I'm I won. I won. The Lions. Uh, this, the next game is, uh, and we talk about this team a lot. Not they just happen to play the teams that we talk about, but the the Baltimore Ravens. They're playing the uh, the New York Football Giants. The Ravens are three and two. Uh, the Giants are two and three. Not surprisingly, the Baltimore boys, of which there's only one here today, uh, took the Ravens. Everyone else was on the Giants uh, on the road. Devin, even though they just come off of a loss at home, two straight losses. Two straight I w- losses at I home. I will never pick against my team. Is that what it comes down to? Let's be honest. Um, three straight losses is hard to do. Did y'all just fire somebody? We just fired our uh, our play caller, but we need to get a better flow. Everyone said Mark Trashman was trash. Trashman. Um, our defense has been really solid, and we might be able to sneak it out. But I'm not going to bet. I'm not Oof. going to put another team's name down on that sheet <laughs> when it says versus Ravens. Okay. I'm sorry. So let's talk about why the Giants are going to win. One thing I will say, Marty Morningwig. He okay, calls, he calls good. He's games. calling the plays. He calls great games. I look for a lot of downfield action. When he was the offensive coordinator for Philadelphia, there was a lot of up the field, a lot of you know, so which, we, is, we which is Joe Flacco's strength. We looking for a lot of uh, Mr. Wallace. We are looking for a lot of Wall. I look uh, Rashad Perriman as well. Yeah, uh, as long as he's still on his feet, I think he might look like a first round pick this week. But honestly, uh, I mean, in my opinion, you know, Giants at home, Eli's good at home. I look for those receivers to eat point blank period yep. the Ravens struggle with getting with getting to the quarterback um they're not gonna there's not gonna be a whole lot of running there's gonna be a lot of bombs away a lot as, of ODB as a fantasy league owner of two of the Giants receivers they have not done that shit yet this this year they haven't and we keep saying <laughs> that you know I, I was it's gotta happen eventually, eventually right? I was listening to the show I was like man it's gonna be a shootout Giants and Packers and it was definitely not that the difference though this time is the it's clear Eli plays better at home Eli plays better at home, so we'll see. Um, well, before we talk about our, our next game, uh, which is the Cowboys and the Packers, probably— Are you teeing something up? I, I am going to tee something up, uh, which is arguably probably the, it's the best game, I think. It, but you could toss between that or the Raiders-Chiefs game. Uh, best game of the weekend. We have a special presentation we do. that we want to do mm. at this particular time before we talk about the Cowboys and the Packers. Have a listen. Don the Hat. This is Bart Starr of the Green Bay Packers. Go, you Packers. Go. Hell, hell. <laughs> the gang's all here to yell for you and keep you going in your winning ways. Hell, hell. The gang's all here to tell you to. That win or lose, we'll always sing your praises. Say it loud. Packers go. (laughs) Go Go get them. Go, you fighting fools. Upset them. Smash their line with all your might. A touchdown. Packers fight, fight, fight. (laughs) Keep blind and go to glory. Win this game. The same old story. Fight you, fight and bring the bacon home. To where? <laughs> to Old Green. <laughs> yeah. Bring the bacon home. Oh, Great job. Good Great job. job. Good job. I think you're going to book some shows now. Mm-hmm. For those of you that, that don't know, if you haven't caught on, uh, you know, Omar has been racking up the losses here. <laughs> we start off with hats. 
We do that twice. Omar has been at the bottom now three times in a row. So for the third time, <laughs> the punishment is you got to do your rival's fight song. So that was the fight song for the Green Bay Packers. Great Let's job, make it Omar. clear, though. Let's make it clear. I'm not the only one at the bottom. Kenyon's picks suck this week, too. But we, have we do. Breakers. We have tiebreakers. Yeah. And since, you know, I've had more bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> and, this will, and this will be my first pause <laughs> on the show. <laughs> so on that note, we got the Cowboys and the Packers. Which uh, I'm taking the Cowboys. Omar is of definitely course. taking the Cowboys. And, and, and there's a let reason me, why. Let me, take a, let, me, let me take a gander. Dak <laughs> Prescott. No nope. rain. No. Nope. What? Ezekiel Elliott. There's mm. maybe one or two ways to definitely beat Aaron Rodgers, and one of them is to keep the ball away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's going to be. They're going to. He's going to eat this week. So you know, what do you? What do you? You're not concerned about the fact that the Packers' run defense is the best in the NFL. They right. average about two yards a carry. I, I guarantee you that's not going to happen this week. What about, I'm going with that. What about the fact that Dallas uh, secondary is banged up? Uh, Skandrick and Claiborne are both questionable. Okay. Well, I mean that. I mean, but but, but to to play in the middleman here, you keep the ball Omar's away. To keep the ball away it won't matter. Right. That Once you can't they exploit do get it. The ball. That then it just means that with they that, with that good run defense. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I like I like See, the Packers a, to here's win. Here's the thing: like you, it's not just Ezekiel though, because that can run too. There is going to be a lot of cat and mouse this game. Is yeah. Dez playing? Is who? Dez? Is he not play? sure? It's still not sure. Still not sure. It hasn't mattered, man. I got to tell you, you know, I, I give Omar a shit about being about being on Dak Prescott, but man, you know, he's four and one, and it's and it's and it's it's crunch time for Mr. Jerry Jones and Jason Garrett because <laughs> if he wins this, especially if he wins this week on the road in Green Bay, you cannot sit him down. I, I believe last week Omar told us six different ways how many interceptions <laughs> he did not throw. <laughs> And that was before Sunday? Yeah. He still has the same amount. He still has the same amount. He doesn't have any picks. I mean, you, they can't send him down, and that's what everybody's talking can about. Can you, though? I mean, seriously. I mean, let's, let's talk about it. Can you really bring him back? Yes. Really? Because Jerry Jones is Jerry Jones. I'm saying a like, same like person. This, here's my thing. This makes sense for Jerry Jones. It, makes, it doesn't make sense for other owners, other coaches. This makes perfect sense for Jerry Jones to bring... Tony Romo back. That would be a shame. My thing, my question about Dak is, do they believe when it comes down to crunch time and he needs to win the game himself, not Ezekiel Elliott runs the ball, runs the ball, defense plays good. Between the two quarterbacks they have, only one of them throws interceptions. (laughs) I mean, that that may come in time, thing, But the thing is this, though. I, I know where you're going with it, Les. What I would say to you, though, is that with the strategy that they have, it's very rare where they're going to be put in a position to have to have Dak win a game at the end. Their strategy is sound. Their defense is played better than expected, right. but they play a very uh, their with offensive line. They're playing with. They're playing to their strengths. They're right, and I, and I agree with that. But I still feel like at some point in time, whether it be week ten or week one of the playoffs, Wildcard yes. week, what's Romo's what's Romo's uh, downside? He he throws picks in the fourth quarter. He throws picks in the fourth quarter. He can. He is the greatest quarterback of all time for three quarters. But that's the thing, though. When it you comes lose down, in the fourth. When it comes down to him having to make a throw, mm-hmm. that's what. That's what I want to see. I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm not You're saying. Talking about Dak. I'm talking about Dak. I'm not saying he can't. We do already it. know Romo had, can't. But we also know last time Romo was healthy, they they went twelve and four. And did what? And, and, got, and, what, and got robbed. First and got robbed. Yeah, robbed in Green Bay. So I mean, to be fair, they robbed Detroit they the week did before. Detroit. So it's karma. That's right. It's karma. I, you know, I, I think, I think it's a good question. What I would say also, though, is, um, actually, I completely just drew a blank on what I was going to say. Is about Whoa. Dak Prescott. We need to take a shot on the. <laughs> oh, Kenyon didn't have nothing to say. It was what was it? It was Dak Prescott, fourth quarter. It's all right, young blood. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> Let's move on to the fancy piece. <laughs> I lost the thought. It's there it right. is. Mm, it's the tie-dye. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! 
All right, uh, Omar, <laughs> fantasy picks, and we can get out of here. You uh, last week gave us Martellus Bennett. If you didn't know who the black unicorn is, to be clear, that's Martellus Bennett. That was one of your fantasy picks, and that man had three touchdowns. And I just remembered what I was going to say <laughs> real quick, because I was not going to let that go. You know, it just came back to me. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals, when they were looking at the game film for Dak Prescott, the defensive coordinator, Marvin Lewis, said, we looked at every single he throw. He has not thrown yeah. a bad pass He yet. has not thrown a bad pass, pass yet. Mm-hmm. So... I'm just saying it's it's not a fluke and and if you haven't if you if you're not make if you're not making mistakes if you're not making bad throws then I don't think it's gonna matter whether it's the fourth quarter, whether it's week ten or week week one in the it's playoffs. It's who he is. It's who he. Well, that's, <laughs> that's what Omar said. It's who he is. <laughs> that's what he does. Okay, fantasy recommendations. Get out of here. You gave us Martellus Ben and give us three this week, Omar. I'm gonna stay with my boy Big Ben. Yes, yes. I'm with you with Big Ben. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Ezekiel because okay. I think he's going to get a healthy uh, thirty plus runs this All week. Right. So can't and, talk you out of taking him in Fanduel, huh? That's not gonna happen. Different conversation. <laughs> Big Ben, Ezekiel, Cameron Meredith. <laughs> There's been, always a bear in there. Well, hold on, <laughs> but I've been right about my bears. <laughs> I, I know when to pick them. What school did Cameron Meredith go to? Doesn't even matter. He right? had 180 yards last year. I, uh, he came off the streets. I, I got Big Ben as well. I'm doing the double dip. Big Ben and Antonio Brown, <laughs> and then Jamal Charles. Andy Reid said that Andy Reid said that they're loading him up. He's rocking and ready to go. They're taking the training wheels Picked off. Up some weight. I looked. I look. At, I look for him to have a big game against the Raiders. Uh, Devin, you gave us Jordan Howard last week, mm. who uh, had a hundred and forty, <laughs> I think, total yards. Not enough. <laughs> oh my no, God, he sorry. had enough. Yeah, he had <laughs> enough for fantasy. Like, Con- Connor Barf didn't have enough. <laughs> um, I had uh, A Rod versus the Cowboys hurt DBs. Okay. Um, DeAndre Hopkins versus Indy's trash defense. Man, DeAndre Hopkins, we about to put an APB out on you, brother. Yeah, he, he has to wake up. He, I, well, I, I, I mean, Bro- Brock Osweiler has something to do with huh. it, but keep w- going. Won't he? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he uh, did. <laughs> and uh, David Johnson. David Johnson, okay, going against the Jets Monday night. Roethlisberger, yep, versus Miami. We're all um, on Big Ben. I so had you DeMarco, know what that means. Demarco Murray, <laughs> Demarco Murray versus Cleveland. Okay, and I had Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson, I like that as well. Yeah. All right, well, this has been a great show. Let's get on up. Let's get these shots ready. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. So uh, we are no longer letting Kenyon pick the shots because he went and bought. Fireball. Fireball. We're going to take that fireball. Remember, follow us on social media at the League AM everywhere. Uh, next week, we'll finish up our series with the Giants and the Rams because that's the matchup at Twickenham Stadium. Uh, until then, cheerio. Cheers, mate. Peppermint and alcohol does not go together. It all goes down the same way. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, mate. <laughs>